You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Well, hello, everyone. I've missed you. I don't know if you've missed me. Gloria Kennedy here, uh, a.k.a. the former Senator Fleck from way back in the day. Had a very busy summer. But I'm here today because you know I always bring you the best guest possible. And it's my honor to introduce one of the good guys. And let me tell you, I know politicians from like 40 plus years ago, but we got a good one. And we're going to lose them. It's kind of melancholy. But you know, the man's done a great job. And uh, without further ado, may I welcome and introduce to you Congressman James Langevin, a good guy. Uh, Gloria, thank you very much. It's so great to be with you here today in our hometown in Warwick at the Warwick Public Library. Been here many years, uh, many times over the years as a kid, and, and it's always a pleasure to come back and uh, be here with you today with the and this podcast. Well, let me tell you, I was here when they the inauguration of this library. I was in the tenth tenth grade. My friends, we you know we showed up, and this place has just grown. It's gorgeous. It, it, it changes with the times. You know, I view this as a history lesson for people in the future. But right away, because this is a historic day. Queen Elizabeth has passed, yeah, and I'm wondering. News. It is sad news, but she, you know, she she had a great life, and yeah, you know, and especially how in World War II she volunteered, and I know a lot about all of that. But I'm wondering, have you ever met? Did you ever meet her when she came to the U.S.? No, that's one person I've never met. No, uh, I can imagine you. A... You have met many famous people and sure. uh, people that you know, like the Pope and and so many politicians. World leaders, I should say, not politicians. But let's talk about the young James Langevin. Now, I've known you forever. Your mom and dad, your father, every time I think of your dad, he's the sweetest. Not that June, your mama isn't, but your father was very special. Thank you. Yeah, we we miss him. He's been gone many years now. It's been uh, oh, about seventeen years. Wow. If you can believe that. Wow. Yeah, a good, great guy. Yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, your growing up. Where, where you went to school? Yeah. Well, I, I'm a Warwick boy, born and raised, and uh, and um, grew up in the uh, Gaspy area and Lakewood area. Growing up, but uh, started out at uh, Wyman Elementary School, and and um, and then. Uh, St. Peter's uh, from about fifth grade on through eighth grade, and then Bishop Hendrickson High School after that, and um, and then Rhode Island College, uh, and and then uh, went on to Harvard for my master's degree. Did you go to the Kennedy School? I went to the Kennedy School. Yeah, see, that's yeah. The, that's the one regret I have in my life. I was actually asked to go too the first year it started, but wow. I, you know, I was a single mom and I just I couldn't do it and. Good for you. You well, know, I'm, I'm very honor, happy. It was yeah, an honor yeah. to be there, and, and I learned a lot. And, and I was actually in the legislature at the time uh, when I was accepted. It was a two-year program, and I didn't want to give up my, my seat in the House of Representatives to, to go to school. Uh, and the Kennedy School actually allowed me to uh, extend it out uh, an extra year because I was a sitting legislator. So I was able to do it in a three-year program, but because I, I didn't live up there, I 
commuted back and forth for the three years, and it was a uh, it was quite a challenge uh, balancing both my legislative duties and going to school. And I'd, I'd go to school, you know, drive up to school in the the mornings for classes, in the mornings and afternoons, and drive back for legislative sessions. When yeah, we back were in then session. I I think it started around two. Right now, I guess it's yeah, three. It, I think by yeah, three o'clock or yeah. so. Yeah. Um, do you, if you don't want to talk about this, we won't. But. You had a horrible accident as a young man. Yeah, well, it's it was a definitely a tragic accident, but it's a part of my life story. And of course, it was many years ago. But uh, I started out uh, in a police cadet program at the work police department, and uh, fell in love with law enforcement. I thought that was going to be my career. I was really excited about law enforcement. Thought maybe I'd become a police officer, and then perhaps go on to the FBI as an agent someday. Ooh. Uh, but you know, life had other plans, and and uh, an accident happened when I was in the locker room. Police officer's gun accidentally went off, and I, the officer here, he didn't realize it was loaded, and the bullet went through my neck and severed my spinal cord, because I was paralyzed ever since. And it definitely derailed my plans to go into law enforcement, but uh, didn't didn't diminish my passion for life and, and doing other things. You know, this is why I like what I do here, and having guests like you, is that I, I envision that someday maybe a year or maybe 10 or 100 years, people are going to listen to this. And, and you're a shining example of what can be done with limitations, uh, physical limitations, did not stop you. No, no, they didn't. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it is, is mental, right? The, 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 you know, getting my arms around the fact that I had to let go of that old life I knew of. It was like going through a death. Sure. And then, you know, had to decide I wanted to live and that, I wanted to do something meaningful with my life, but you know that was tied in with the fact that I had an incredible support system around me, and I could not have done everything I've done without that support system. Starting with my family, uh, who were there by my side every step of the way, friends, and of course uh, the community that really rallied around my family and I. What's time not to love about you? Come on, <laughs> right? Well, thank you, thank you. It made a profound difference in my life, and it really touched me in a profound way. And ultimately, it's what inspired me to go into public service in the first place to that give back. That was my next question. Did you choose politics, or did politics choose you? Probably a little bit of both. You know, I look. I I believe in the old saying: God closes one door but opens another. And you know, I had to go through that door. They have to walk through that door or roll through that door in my case. And and uh, someone had suggested that I, I think about a, a run for political office. And uh, I thought about it. It was around the time of the the first the, the constitutional convention back. I think it was around in 1985. And uh, I thought about it. I thought, you know, it sort of is a good way to, to be involved with the community, give back to the community that given to, to us and my family and I. And, and uh, so I ran. And, and I, I fortunate to be elected. It was only a one-year position. But I, I've, I've said many times I found not only did I find something where I felt I was giving back, but I really found something that I enjoyed. And one thing led to the next. And, and a couple years later, I ran for the state legislature and I was elected there and and then in 94, after serving six years in the House, uh, in the legislature, I, I ran uh, for Secretary of State and was elected there and then uh, served there for six years. And then in 2000, uh, ran for Congress. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So it's been a, uh, what, I, what I thought it started off as a, as a way of giving back. I didn't know it was going to be a, a lifelong journey in, in public life, but uh, here we are. Well, go back to your legislative days. Um, I think I go way back. We used to actually have uh, Republicans that would sponsor bills with us. We worked with um, Republicans. 
And bipartisanship is important. You know, I did it when I was in the state legislature, and uh, and I do it now uh, as a member of Congress. I, I think that it's important to work together, and, and really, the big things only get done when you when you work in a bipartisan way. That's the best way to do things. Yeah, but it seems very negative now. I mean, I you know I'm I follow everything, and my daughter mm-hmm. says, "Stop it! You, mm-hmm. You're gonna." go more crazy she go right i mean it's just so um negative and and how does that affect your psyche yeah there, there is a lot of negativity in, in politics and unfortunately the you know the trump era has not helped heal the country in fact it's it's further divided the country and that's that's really uh, that's really unfortunate i don't know how we get past it because it's really i i see dangerous crack, cracks in the foundations of of our democracy and government and and uh, undermining the Constitution. And I, uh, so I'm troubled by that, and I'm hoping that the pendulum does swing the other way and we can get back to regular order or you know, just get some back to, to normalcy. But we, we've, got some, we've got a lot of work to do, but we've got to try to work harder to find that center and bring everybody in the country together. Well, I, I think that uh, people, of, people who are Democrats seem to want to do get that done. Uh, it's very disheartening when... There's really good legislation, and I want to get into that, that uh, you helped pass and write, et cetera, um, that people who don't vote for it go and take credit for it. I mean, mm. not, not fair. Yeah, well, it's it certainly in politics there's always you know, people who are trying to take credit guess, for others' yeah. work, but, but I, I think there's plenty of credit to go around. I, you know, I kind of like the the Senator Pell model, and I've tried to model my career after him. What a gentleman oh, God. he was. Yeah. And, he was. You know, he mm. didn't care who got the credit. He just wanted to get the job done. And I, I went into politics and government and said, you know, that's the kind of politician or the elected official I want to be. Oh, I adored him. And, and when he was um, at the end of his life, he still remembered me. He was such yeah. a sweetheart. He really was. And the Pell Grants, right? they've cut them so much. When I went to Rick, my first two years were paid for by the Pell Grants. And there's so many people who are struggling, and thankfully, yeah. they've just gotten a break on the student loans. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Well, we've been, over the years, been able to add to the Pell Grants, and so they've increased the amount that's available for Pell Grants. The problem is college tuitions have risen dramatically, and so the Pell Grant doesn't go as far. It used to be that a Pell Grant would cover you know, the, the, the cost of tuition, say, for a four-year college or university, and that's not the case anymore. So we need to do more to make college more affordable. I'm glad to, you know, about the Rhode Island Promise program that will pay for uh, the first two years of someone going to the community college of Rhode Island. And I hope we can do more uh, for the for you know years uh, three and four of a college degree at the, say Rhode Island College or URI and see eventually more assistance for that if not you know completely paid for at least significantly uh, reducing the cost for students because we can't price people out of the market we, it, we it, it's no one should be denied the opportunity to go to college receive a, get a, earn a college degree and a better path forward just because they you know they can't afford it we have to make it affordable. Education is a great equalizer, right? And that's how we make dreams come true, how how we pave the path to success. And by the way, it's in the country's best interest to have an educated workforce. You know, I actually, I mean, I had my degrees and all that, but I went back in like 2003 and whatever. I I loved learning different things, but what really blew my mind was the cost of books, like hundred dollars. Mm. I know, very expensive for for you know, books and you know other things that it costs to go to go to college. But um, we we need to double down to make it more affordable and 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 certainly helping with uh, student loans is important. And I think we need to 
we should lower the interest rates. Uh, uh, the, it, it's certainly paying for the cost of administering the program, that makes sense. A you know, very small, modest uh, interest rate. Was it maybe you know half a percent or something uh, uh, or one percent? But you know the the problem is it's much more than that, and and that extra uh, interest on the student loans goes to the general fund to fund other operations of government. That should not be. We should not be funding education on the backs of our young people. Good point. Now, since we're talking about Rhode Island College, there's a big rumor going around that you're going to be the next president. Can you comment? <laughs> I can't comment. All I will say is that Jack Warner right now is appointed as the interim after President Sanchez left. Uh, and I've met with Jack Warner. I know Jack Warner back when he was commissioner for higher education. And I think he's the right person to be there to put in a remediation plans because there are some changes that need to be made at Rhode Island College to, to really kind of foc- refocus on you know, what they're good at and, and build on the programs where they've already had great success and determine what the state needs for the next 10 years and, and how we educate for the jobs that are available and that the state uh, is going to need over the next year. And that means, you know, when I say state, the private sector as well as government exactly. and all the way around. So, you know, I, I will always play a whatever role I can to support Rhode Island College. I don't know what that might mean in the in the future, but uh, I'm proud of my alma mater. I, I cut my teeth there and got my uh, my uh, undergraduate degree there, graduated with honors, and then, of course, as I said, went on to, to Harvard to the Kennedy School. But it was a, a, a great place to learn, world-class faculty and curricula, and, I, uh, and I, I'm very proud of my alma mater at Rhode Island College. I would always do everything I can to help. I don't if know if this is a good analogy, but it seems to me that Rick has always been like the stepchild of education in Rhode Island. I mean, everybody talks about URI, but Rick has given us some wonderful, obviously, uh, people that serve in government. I was a sophomore there, and I was in the state senate. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many, uh, you and so many others that have made such a big impact in life. And perhaps we can give that place a little bit more, uh, you know, yeah. kudos. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, I'm very proud of Rhode Island College. Uh, I went there, graduated uh, from Rhode Island College. My sister graduated from Rhode Island College. My brother Rick graduated from Rhode Island College. And my mom uh, graduated there. So we would... Uh, a lot of a lot of land events went through Rhode Island College. Wonderful. Let's uh, get into your legislative record. What are you most proud of the th- that you have done sure. during your years in Congress? So, uh, so many things to be proud of, and been able to serve the uh, the state of Rhode Island. Uh, very proud of the work we've done in cybersecurity, of course, and national security. I'm a senior member of the House Armed Services Committee, and I. Uh, and also on the senior member of the Homeland Security Committee, and came across cyber as a major threat to the country, both the government and, and private sector, especially critical infrastructure. And we did a deep dive, and, and we worked hard to, to better protect the country in cyberspace. And the, the most proud of it were the, the legislation I passed to create the National Cyber Director and the Executive Office of the President. So that's a whole office that I was able to create along with my colleagues. Um, but then also the work I've done on disabilities. Now, that's something that's very important. Um, trying to bring down barriers and open up doors for other people with, oppo- uh, with disabilities to have, provide opportunities for people. Um, one of the bills we passed, of course, is the, uh, the legislation to create a, a, a air passengers with disabilities bill of rights so that when people with disabilities are traveling that they have a right to uh, uh, be treated with properly, with respect, and have their, their mobility devices cared for. 
so we're working hard to make other things available for people with disabilities when they travel. And I have an Air Carrier Access Amendments Act to, to accomplish that. Um, also, the, the, the work that uh, we've done on career and technical education, that's another uh, area I'm very proud of uh, because we want to make sure that our young people are getting the right skills they need to do jobs that are available right now. In every manufacturer, for example, um, there are there are jobs available that go unfilled because people don't have the right skills to do those jobs. So, in, in I, so I co-chair the Career and Technical Education Caucus in Congress. That's a, a bipartisan group. I chair it with G.T. Thompson, my Republican colleague from Pennsylvania, and he and I work hard uh, to make sure that the funding is there for career and technical education, uh, as well as the, the, the program. So we actually uh, passed the, uh, uh, the um, Career and Technical Education for the 21st Century Act, which is a revamp of the Perkins program, and uh, we updated the program to make sure this closer alignment between what the, the skills that businesses need and what's being taught in the classroom. So. Of course, I'm very proud of the work on uh, the Virginia-class submarines and, and other areas of national security. We build the best nuclear submarines right here in Rhode Island, and, and they, they're a vital component of, of our, our, our national security. And it, yeah, and my brother built them, and he can't even tell me what he put into them. So I, mm -hmm. I, I, and, and we are the, the best. The, the, the most, there's the Virginia-class submarines, and now the Columbia-class program that's going to replace the Ohio uh, submarines, the the ones that uh, are part of the nuclear triad. These are the most sophisticated weapon systems ever built, and uh, and uh, they're built right here in Rhode Island by our workers. Uh, we have a minute or two left, and um, I, I'd like you to tell us more about the wonderful legislation that we finally got through, um, the money to help pretty much everybody in a working-class situation. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so you know, we've been through a lot. The country's been through a lot over the last... A uh, few years, and I'm very proud of the leadership of, of uh, the Democrats, and especially Joe Biden, uh, what he's done in, in, in working to make sure that uh, that there were resources available to help people get through the pandemic. Uh, but uh, but also the infrastructure bill that was recently passed, biggest infrastructure bill uh, in the history of the country, uh, that uh, over half a, a trillion dollars that went into repairing our, our roads and bridges. And, uh, and and schools and, and water infrastructure. And then recently we just passed the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that is going to uh, help to bring down inflation. It's going to help us tra to transition to a, a green energy economy. So there's things in there, both the short term and the and the long term. Um, but uh, if, and if these are the things that we people focus on, we'll realize how Democrats have been able to deliver uh, for the people of, of this country and and all the thing, the work that's done to help working families. I'm very proud of the role of the delegation that I've been able to play uh, to help. As you should be. And, you know, unfortunately our time is up, but uh, you'll have to come back another time and tell us a little bit more about what really goes on in the House and the Senate. We, we like those, those behind-the-scenes stories. But I want to thank you so much, Jimmy. For, and Thank I can you. call you Jimmy because I've known you forever, sure. and that's what I called you, <laughs> and you're the best. Thank you. And it's been an honor for you to be here. It's going to be an honor for the people who listen to what you've done, what you've accomplished. And uh, all I can say is Godspeed in your next education. Uh, see, I've got education on the brain. Your <laughs> next you. endeavor. Thank you. Well, it's well, been an honor to serve you. So the last 22 years as member of Congress and other offices I've held I, I'm grateful for the trust that people have placed in me. Well, we're going to miss you, and 
like I like to say, bye for now, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.